Welcome to What Do You Need to Know About God in Today's World. Today, our podcast is on What Do You Need to Know About God and Racism. Today, our country is in great turmoil and reeling from division. Division is one of Satan's primary tools and he uses it effectively. Currently, we are being divided along racial lines, among many other. But today, I want to talk about God and racism. Today, America is identified as a systemically racist country. In part one of this topic, I will tell you why I reject this premise. To be systemically racist means to be racist at the core. It means to be infested with racism throughout the entire country, throughout its ideals and everything that it stands for and represents, throughout its laws, the execution of those laws, throughout the governmental systems and the citizenry of this country. And even though there have been periods of our history where events occurred that reflected such a notion as systemic racism, such as during slavery, Jim Crow laws, the civil rights era, and to our present racial tensions and climate. In my estimation, this has never been true of our country as a whole. Yes, slavery, Jim Crow, civil rights, and racial tension have manifested themselves in this country and are a part of our history. But that is just a point. That is only part of our history and not the whole. That is not the full scope of the tenets that define this country. Although there are many who focus on these eras to declare America as systemically racist, there is another part of our history that highlights the fight for good and justice that always overcame these evils. And another part of our history that demonstrate that while some were willing to engage in these evils, many refused and instead took up the mantle to right these wrongs and injustices. Therefore, our country has never been systemically racist at its core and entirely infested throughout with racism. That is not the DNA of this country. Instead, because this nation was founded on Christian ideals, it has always been a place where men struggle to ensure that God-given ideals and rights are afforded to all. Yes, in my estimation, this country cannot be defined as systemically racist. First of all, this nation was founded on Christian ideals, not racist ideals. It was founded on the ideal that all men were created equal and endowed by their creator God with inalienable rights. And though during slavery, many did not practice this ideal, it was this ideal that inspired many to abolish slavery. From the inception of this country, slavery was contested and debated and not wholly accepted by whites. The founders engaged in serious and contentious discourse over the issue of slavery in the Constitution. Even the infamous three-fifth clause in the Constitution was part of a series of compromises on slavery because there were many who opposed it. Another clause in the Constitution that was part of the compromise even prohibited slavery in the Northwest Territories and ended U.S. participation in international slave trade in 1807. As evidence from these early stages, all were not on board with slavery and racism, but these compromises were made to appease the racist South. 
Therefore, from the very beginning, as the nation was being formed, so too was slavery. But slavery was primarily relegated and consigned to the South. And it was the South who supported and made slavery an integral part of their existence, while northern states resisted and rejected slavery. That is our second reason why we cannot say that the country is systemically racist. Slavery was a democratic institution relegated primarily to the South and not the North. Not only slavery, but also Jim Crow laws were predominantly in the South and not in the entire country. It was mainly in the South where intimidation and strict voting laws prohibited blacks from voting and other laws allowed that violated the rights of blacks. In the North, during Jim Crow times and slavery times, blacks experienced relative freedom and less intimidation. So we see that racism and slavery existed and thrived mainly in one region of the country and has never been endorsed by the whole of the country. This brings us to our third reason why we cannot declare America a systemically racist country. That's because all whites are not racist. It was Northern whites who helped blacks escape slavery from the South. It was whites, a majority of whom were Christians like the preacher Charles Finney and the newspaper publisher William Lloyd Garrison who began the anti-slavery abolitionist movement and who helped organize the fight against slavery. It was sympathetic whites who essentially facilitated the Underground Railroad that led many escaped slaves to freedom. Then too, let's not forget that this nation fought the Civil War to end slavery, a war fought primarily by whites. And in a monumental moment of history, when a Democratic Southern President Andrew Johnson vetoed the bill which granted citizenship to slaves in the 14th Amendment, it was white Republicans in Congress who overrode the veto, enabling blacks to become citizens. Even during the turbulent Jim Crow laws and civil rights era of injustices, whites have always joined in the struggle for justice and equality. Yes, even in our current laws, there have been racial disparities. The criminal reform legislation of the 80s and 90s that penalized blacks harsher than whites for crimes and caused mass incarceration of black men was problematic. Now, let's be fair. The Violent Crime Act portion of this bill did reduce major crime in the black communities, but the laws that applied stiffer penalties to blacks for possession of crack cocaine versus powder cocaine for whites was discriminatory and resulted in the arrest and mass incarceration of blacks. Yet today, steps to correct this perversion of justice has already been taken by our current president, who instituted prison reform, introducing the First Step Act, which is designed to release nonviolent criminals from prison and halt mass incarceration of blacks. Even in the area of economic disparity, where many of the local politicians are ignoring the plight of blacks, there are efforts to relieve inequities in our black communities by the current administration. This current president and his administration has created what they term opportunity zones to inspire, 
entrepreneurship in black communities and spur black ownership of businesses. He has also funded the financially insolvent historically black colleges who are on the verge of extinction to try to keep them in existence. So there is always a move and a drive for those in our country to help eliminate injustices, disparities, and racism and improve our race relations. Now, yes, there are vestiges of racism and problem areas that we have to confront here in America as, who, as we have always had to do. The mistreatment and aggressive excessive force used by cops in black neighborhoods must be addressed. The unjustifiable killing of young blacks by white cops and the blatant disregard for black lives by some of them must be addressed. And we should pursue through peaceful means reforms in the policies and practices of the police and improve relations between the police and the communities that they serve. But the presence of these things does not substantiate the call to believe that entire America and its people are systemically racist or that the police system is systemically racist. There are many good cops who undertake their job to serve their communities, putting their lives on the line daily. The racist acts of some does not impugn the entire police as a whole, for the good cops do far outweigh the bad, and they are patrolling our streets daily to protect law-abiding citizens. Also, there are many decent white people today who are against racism and injustice and who help fight against this evil, just as they have in the past, to help this country live up to its ideals. For in this country, wherever there is injustice, there is always an effort to eradicate it. That's because America is not systemically racist and terminally ill with racism and irredeemable such that it demands transformation at its very foundation and core ideals as some would have you believe. Instead, America is a place that though not perfect, it rights its wrongs as it transforms itself into what God intended as we labor together to bring justice and equality to all and to unify this great country that God has given us. For there are many seeking to promote the idea of systemic racism to divide the country, and they are pressing you not to pay homage to this great country, but to dishonor and reject every symbolic emblem that represents it, including the flag, anthem, and its ideals, because to them, anyone who supports and is in favor of the country and is pro-America is an enabler of racism, but that is a false premise. Do not fall for the either or trap. Either you are with blacks and their causes and against a racist America, or you are with a racist America and against black causes. This is not an either or proposition, but a both and proposition, because America is not systemically racist but a place where racism, a human condition, is contested and fought everywhere it rears its head. So realize that we can embrace both American ideals and black causes. We can be pro-America and pro-black causes because the struggle of blacks for justice and equality is not a black ideal. 
It is an American ideal, an ideal straight out of the Bible and transported into the Constitution in the formation of this country and found nowhere else documented in the annals of history where it says God created all men equal with inalienable rights. And the only way any of us can stand up and demand and fight for equality is because of this country and its ideals, which have always been about justice and a concept which originated from the mind of God. So if it doesn't happen here in America, it doesn't happen anywhere in any other country. So we must embrace both and demand love of this country and love of our fellow man and work to promote equality, racial harmony, and unity in order to preserve this great nation. Because even with all of its faults, it is still the greatest country in the world to live. And that's why many risk their lives to come here. I will leave you with this point, because in order to help this country deal with the problem of racism, as we go forward, we need to understand the origin of racism. You see, the root of our problem is not that America is evil and racist. It is that the heart of man is evil. In Genesis 8:21, God says, For the imagination and thoughts of man's heart are evil from his youth. As we said, racism is a human problem, and it is sinister, evil, and divisive. And it is an instrument of Satan who wants to destroy this nation because it stands as a country founded on biblical virtues and principles and as a beacon of hope to all other nations. Satan accomplishes this by entering the hearts of men and fomenting hatred towards others. Racism is an offspring of that hatred and it resides and festers in the heart of individual men. And if we want to solve the problem of racism, then we must deal with the condition of the human heart. Those individuals who commit racist acts do so because there is racism present in their hearts and we must hold the individual accountable for these acts and not an entire race and not an entire profession such as the police and not an entire nation. We must not sweep with broad brushes and indict whole groups because racism is an individual decision and matter. And whether black or white, those who harbor racist attitudes will do so and commit racist acts until their hearts are changed. And that is the real root of our problem. Because no matter how many laws you enact, you cannot legislate hate in the heart. And unless we change the hearts of men, we will always be faced with such evil, challenging issues as racism and every other evil imagination of men. This is why the word of God in the Bible is so critical in this hour, because Christ alone can take a hate-filled heart and convert it into a heart filled with love for its neighbor, regardless of his or her color. Christ alone can turn evil into good by dominating the hearts of men and inspiring them to love one another and to enact laws that are just and equitable for all people. So yes, we may appeal to our fallible human government officials and demand racial equality, and we will achieve some success. But for lasting change that can make a significant difference in the racial climate of this country and in the fight for equality for all, 
we must appeal to our infallible God who has the power to conform the hearts of men to the unconditional love of Christ where you love every person regardless of their race, ethnicity, religion, beliefs, creed, or nationality. And when we as individuals appeal and yield to God to alter our corrupt heart that can harbor hatred, racism, and any other evil, and allow him to saturate our hearts with his love that always seeks the good of others and never their harm, then our nation will be on the road to true racial harmony in the fight to eliminate racism. For our God is always for us and desires that we attain our highest good, which can only happen if we love one another. The solution to racism is a new heart that loves every man and is generated by God alone, who himself dispenses justice, equality, and equity on behalf of all men. And when we yield to him, then we can not only eliminate racism and hatred, but virtually all of the evils of this world and help this nation live up to its ideal that all men are created equal in God's sight and endowed by our creator with the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Lord, I pray you touch the hearts of men to love one another, lift up one another, help one another, inspire the best in one another. Give us the heart of Christ that we can stamp out racism and all the evil plots and tools of our enemy, Satan. For this is your country. Let your glory, power, and grace unite, maintain, preserve, and continue to shine upon this great nation to eradicate all diabolical forces against it and cause it to continue to stand as a beacon of light on a hill that reflects your light and models all your godly ideals and decrees of liberty, equality, justice, and equity for all that ensures quality of life for all mankind. So Yahweh God, we pledge ultimate allegiance to you and we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Only you, Christ, can lead this nation to capture this ideal. For yours, Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the glory to you, Yahshua, our God. Be all praise, honor, and glory. Amen.